In the previous episode, we had Philippa Wilkin on the show. Philippa is a corporate escapee turned transformational coach. I love how Philippa talked about finding your purpose. And a big part of that is bringing more of what you enjoy into your life, whether that's in work or out of work. If you're at a crossroads in your career and looking for inspiration, you should check out Philippa's story. Are you feeling stuck in your career and life? I'm Chris, and in 2018, I was sick of my job, I quit, and I decided to go traveling around Asia. I wanted to do my own thing. After trying lots of different business ideas and making a lot of mistakes along the way, I finally found a new path and qualified as a coach. This podcast is me documenting my journey as a coach on a mission to help you find a career that matters to you. And going beyond your career, you'll get all the tools you need to smash your personal projects too. Are you ready to close the gap on where you want to be? Let's go! Hi guys, it's Chris Holmes here. On today's podcast, we have Matt Harrison. Matt and I used to work together at GKN Aerospace, and GKN is a large FTSE 100 engineering firm. They manufacture wings and engine components. Four years ago, Matt left the engineering world to train to become a pilot. After several years, he is now a first officer with EasyJet. Hi Matt, welcome to the show today. Yeah, hi Chris, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, it's been a while. It'd be good to hear about your journey towards being a pilot. Yeah, I was just wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what you were doing before. Yeah, sure. Um, as you say, we're working uh, at GKN. So I, I joined GKN back in 2012, I think, it's when I left university. It's my first graduate role in industry. Joined the company as a design engineer. Worked on a number of projects there for Airbus and Dassault Aviation as well on their, their new business yet. And spent yeah, a good four years developing skills and things, working in uh, the design roles at GKN. Worked a little bit in production support towards uh, the NY time there as well so you got to see everything that we designed go into production which was uh, which was good yeah i think it's good having that that production knowledge and see your designs come to life as it were yeah definitely definitely it's cool and how was it working for gkn it had its good moments and bad moments you know like any any large company can be quite ruthless at times the people i was working with on a day-to-day basis were great people and had a really good time working there but i just found bit penned in you're a bit like categorized you're literally pigeonholed from day one i was a design engineer and that's you come out of university with all these skills and and yet you just said oh you're a design engineer you're going to be doing design work for the rest of your career little room to maneuver so that was kind of limiting then the large company kind of like politics obviously take place as well and i think i just got the impression the company saw engineering as more of a kind of like means to an end is a so you didn't feel you were properly valued. That's kind of the impression I got after after a good four years working there. Yeah, I, I certainly felt the same. Felt like working for a big corporation, getting parts out the door was so important that almost it didn't seem like the staff mattered at all. Yeah, exactly right. Um, especially when I was working in that production support role, um, it, was, it was incredible to see the amount of pressure that we were put under and how little value was placed on the kind of decisions and work we were doing. Yeah, it's a shame when, you, when you're not really seen as a, a valued employee, just a cost. So how did you know a change was required from feeling a bit penned in and not feeling too valued at work? Yeah, so we're going back to like 2016 now. And I remember at the time I was looking looking around for other roles, other jobs, because I built up a few bit of experience then as an engineer. So I was looking at like other engineering jobs, potentially different industries, different countries around the world as well. We were definitely considering you know, moving abroad. We are looking for like roles in Canada or Australia. So there's lots of different options kind of like being weighed up at the time. 
but in the back of my mind like i always wanted to have to have done my flying training and become a pilot that was what the ultimate aim was to be but there was always like a massive financial barrier and i knew i wanted to do other things and i always had in the back of my mind that opportunity to become a pilot would be um, a great one to have what are the financial constraints that you faced? Yeah, I mean, to become a commercial pilot, so effectively flying for a main airline, you're looking at at least £100,000 to get a commercial pilot's license. Well, big investment. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a huge, huge investment and something that I never thought I'd be able to, to afford, really. How did you go about you know, managing your finances during that time? Effectively, I had my life savings that I then took up quite a significant bank loan to top that up and my dad loaned me the rest of the money so I've got effectively several loans to be paying back mm. you know that that financial hardship still not ended for me yet uh, it's probably going to be um, being paid off for the next five years or so but as I say it's uh, it was an investment worth making. Mm. How did you dealing with having to retrain again when you'd already uh, gone to university how did that play on your mind? For me, I was also looking at other PhD opportunities. So going back into academia wasn't uh, wasn't too much of a, a worry. It's something I quite enjoy doing, um, learning new skills and studying in general. And that was one of the other things I was probably getting a bit disillusioned with when I was looking at GKN. Was that you, you were literally design engineers, no chance for you to you know expand your knowledge and other disciplines and things. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too worried about the, the studying side of things. It was more. The implication it has on you, like going back into academia, you know, it's uh, you've just taken away all your income. If you're doing it full time, it's a difficult step to take, and you you need a decent financial footing before you can like set yourself down that route. And you were toying with the idea of you said Canada and Australia. Um, piloting is something that you've been interested in for a while. And how long does that passion go back for flying? Yeah, since I was a kid, like that's what I've always wanted to do is to fly planes. So I was I joined the Air Cadets when I was younger, so I've got a little bit of flying experience there. Did a little bit more flying when I was at university. My landlord at university happened to have his own aircraft and he used to go flying with him every now and then. So it's always just been ticking away there in the background. Um, that's kind of something I wanted to do. That's great. And how did you go about uh, making that transition yeah, from leaving GKN to the pilot training? Becoming a pilot takes at least two years, like full-time training. For me, it took three years uh, for various reasons. For the pilot course, you're looking at around six months of ground school, and that's the most intensive six months of studying I've ever done in my life. Cramming as much knowledge as they can into you um, to get you through the exams for the licence. Then after that, you go into your basic flying training. I went across the United States for that. Go find somewhere in the world with good weather and get taught how to fly a plane. So yeah, it's a brilliant time out there. Once you've got your solo rating, so you've, you've flown off by yourself, then you just start building the hours flying an aircraft around and practicing your landings, practicing your general handling, navigation, that sort of thing. Building up all the skills you need to pass the commercial pilot's license test. So you said the first six months was, you know, most intense and you had some amazing flying experiences in the States. What would you say was the hardest part about doing all the training and transitioning careers? The hardest part for me, I went to the flying school. There was a lot of young guys and girls coming in. You know, we've obviously got the parents backing and that that side of things so they're financially secure and they could go off socializing and that kind of thing but the finances for me were just so constrained that I, you know I was, I was tied down quite quite severely to the point where it was like struggling to afford the petrol to drive home to see the the other half on a weekend you know it's it was pretty tough financially to get myself through it just keep control of the money when you haven't got an income coming in 
Yeah, it's tricky. I remember when I did my career change and I left GKN as well. And yeah, it was just trying to survive on the savings that you've got. And it can be quite stressful doing that as well. <laughs> it sent me back to square one, eventually. You know, when I left GKN, I suppose I'd built up enough finances to potentially put down a deposit on a house, buy a house, that kind of thing. So it sent you back a few steps. You've got to see it as an investment rather than just one of those expenses it is an investment in your future yeah certainly great so what's been the best part about changing careers for you and leaving engineering and becoming a pilot for me i i really enjoyed the training like just going back even sat in a classroom for that six months just having information thrown at me i, I loved every minute of it because it was what i always wanted to do what i always wanted to learn about and uh, i just found, found it fascinating i love going home every evening and just like putting my head in the books <laughs> and studying things it was great meeting so many new people, like going to flying school. It's a bit like university, but then you've got people from all ages as well. So you've got a, you've got a mix of people coming into the, the, the career, you know, some in, some in their 40s, middle-aged, uh, others straight out of school, each 18, come into the flying school. So it's a good mix of people. You get to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of new people. And how is the flying? What kind of feelings do you get when you're taking control? It's quite surreal at times. You still, like you go home at the end of the day and you think, oh, I just landed that jet <laughs> a couple of hours ago. It's, uh, yeah, quite surreal sometimes to be, uh, to, to look at it and think, well, that's what I get to do for a job. Yeah, I love every minute of it. The fun of it's not worn off yet. It's great. So it was definitely worth taking the plunge. Yeah, like I say, the, the financial cost of it was um, quite intense, but you've just got to see it as an investment and it will come back to you later on in your career. And I, like, that will go for it, like any other career change people might be thinking of having. you just got to see the, the investment you make financially as, as that, an investment in yourself. What advice would you give to others? You, you just mentioned about the re-educating yourself, that it's, it's it is an investment, but what other advice could you give to those considering a career change? I'd say try and talk to as many people as possible. Go to, like for me, when I was researching career change into flying i went to all the flying schools i went to careers fairs had days out to london um, to the aeronautical society there for their careers fairs and all industries will have those kind of opportunities to be able to to go in no pretense and just talking to people that are already in the industry if you've got friends or family that already worked out so it's a great great source of information because you might you might find that there's stuff there from those people that motivates you or stuff that puts you off as well so definitely worth talking to as many people as possible before you take the plunge and definitely lots of information on the internet but it doesn't match up to talking to people out in the real world in my opinion yeah i think there's only so much kind of research you can do online you need to get out there and speak to people to kind of experience how it is in reality yeah it's definitely the case i found you get lots of hints and tips you get to put in touch with other people that might know more might be able to help you out yeah that's definitely the way to go to get down to careers fairs well if you're looking to go back into uh, academia go around as many kind of schools and colleges universities as you can to get that information before you make your, your decisions for the listeners that are considering maybe going back to studying for a new career path, what advice would you give to help them manage their finances? Budgeting is, is the key, really. It's, it's knowing what it's going to take to get you through the period. 
and having a bit of contingency in there as well. For me, I, I had four years at university living a student life, so I was very much used to it. And it was kind of just going back to that, going back to square one. And now I've got a significant amount of debt to pay off over the years. But as I say, if you if you just treat it as an investment and approach banks and people that can provide you with the sources of those finance with that kind of uh, attitude, um, you'll probably find the money's definitely there for, for people who need it. Yeah, some really good advice. Thanks for your time, Matt. It was uh, great having you on the podcast and learning how you left the clutches of GKN to, to find something you're really passionate about. Cheers, Chris. That's good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Matt. In the next episode, I'll bring on another special guest to help you on your career change journey. Thanks for listening to the You in 5 Years podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, hit subscribe. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a five-star review. I read all the reviews and it will massively help to grow the podcast. Keep moving forward, guys. Until next time.